Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein, who is on vacation, taking a break from her vacation to record this episode. So, Perry, thank you. Thank you for, you know, taking some time away from the beach to talk football. Gotta always rep Pax with <laughs> Plenty to talk about when it comes to the Packers, no matter where you are. Yeah, but this one will be short, I promise. We will get you back on the beach as soon as possible, but... <laughs> This week, we have the second half of the two-parter that we started last week, looking at not only the AFC opponents on the Packers schedule, but maybe kind of looking at what the AFC playoff picture would be like. Last week, we talked a little bit about some of the NFC contenders and who the Packers might see in the playoffs. Obviously, the Packers won't see any of these teams in the playoffs, but it could be a potential Super Bowl matchup. So let's let's dive right in. I mean, we're, we're hoping, of course, that the Packers are getting to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, well, you want to start with your second favorite team? Yeah, let's let's just start with the AFC North then. Um, the Packers, of course, play that entire division this year, and it is, you know, by all accounts, an ascending division, which you wouldn't have thought a couple seasons ago before the, the Ravens got Lamar Jackson, before the Bengals had Joe Burrow, before the Browns made all of the acquisitions that they did. I personally think the Browns had one of the best off-seasons in the entire NFL. I wrote about that for Cheesehead TV. I said, I think that the Rams bringing in Matt Stafford was maybe the best single move that a team made. But I think as far as like a big picture, holistically, the Browns maybe had the best off season as far as what they did to their secondary, bringing in Jadavion Clowney to play opposite Miles Garrett. A lot of fun going on in the AFC North. Yeah, it is really interesting because it used to be just the Steelers division. It used to be very similar. I guess they had some competition with, the Ravens in the Joe Flacco peak of his career, but it it's been actually very similar to the NFC North with the Packers and that it's really just been the Packers to win. And it feels like it's been that way with the Steelers for so long. And this is the first season where I actually feel like the Steelers are at the bottom of the barrel. Um, we have no idea what big Ben is going to look like. I think he seems to think he still has more juice in the tank I don't know what that arm looks like. He's also just been so banged up over the course of his career. Like you have to imagine an older guy with that many injuries. It, he's just not, he's not, he's a shell of himself is the, is the point I'm trying to make. Um, and you know, that defense is I think going to regress um, from what it was last year. So um, I think the Steelers as being kind of the first one on the schedule is a good one early in the season. For the Packers, it should be like, I think, I don't want to say an easy win, but a home game against the Steelers that a team that's just like not the same um, as it once was uh, should be a nice game. And then they get the Bengals back to back, which is kind of the opposite, right? You, you lost your star rookie in his first year, unfortunately, but by all accounts, it looks like Joe Burrow is going to be back and back at week one, ready to play. Um, so you, I'm, I'm personally very excited to see what he looks like in a full season. You could tell that, um, you know, he had flashes his rookie year before he went down and he 
should be great. Um, they got him a little bit more help. They got him his favorite guy from college to <laughs> even. So I think as just in terms of like scheduling, getting those two teams in the same division in back-to-back weeks, um, which are just on complete opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of like where the franchises are headed is going to be really interesting for the Packers. Yeah. And I mean, looking at the AFC North as a whole, they had three playoff teams in 2020. And if you look at the Browns and Ravens, those are teams that we still think can get better and are still ascending. And then you look at the Steelers, like you said, and they might be a team that's, you know, kind of falling off. We don't know what big Ben has left. Nobody's thinking he has too much, but one of the things like it's hard to make the comparison because you've got, you know, a team with an aging quarterback, and then you have a team with a really young quarterback, but neither the Steelers or the Bengals really went out and prioritized offensive line. And I know that it made sense for Joe Burrow. Like you wanted to get him a guy that he played with in college, but if he gets hurt again, it's the same with the Steelers. Like they lost James Conner. I know they drafted a running back in the first round, Najee Harris from Alabama, but big Ben was having a really hard time behind that offensive line. And then, you know, to contrast that, if you look at a team like the Browns, they had one of the best offensive lines in football last season. So none of this is really going to matter, regardless of what the talent is like, if the guys that are under center can't stay upright. And I think that's kind of where the Browns and even the Ravens with Lamar Jackson being so mobile have the edge in that division. Say I agree. Um, I, I was surprised that the Bengals did not draft Panay Sewell just because the it was so glaringly obvious that their offensive line was a problem. And it was very similar with the Steelers. You know, everybody talked about how they had one of the worst run games in the league and it's not for lack of talent and it's not going to be for lack of talent. Obviously Najee Harris will probably be a a fine running back in the league, but you can't have a run game if you don't have an offensive line that can create holes for your running backs either. So like very similar issues um, that will lead to very different problems, I think, for both teams in terms of, like you said, keeping um, Joe Burrow upright because that's what you need. He can't get Jamar Chase the ball um, if you know he can't get the ball out of his hands. Um, but same with, with the run game in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and it's really interesting. You pointed out the Steelers and the Bengals being back-to-back in kind of the beginning of the season. Then you have the Ravens and the Browns back-to-back at the very end of the season in Baltimore, then coming to Lambeau on Christmas Day. So I will be at the Steelers game and the Browns game. Very excited about both of those, taking my dad to the Steelers game and then my husband, of course, to the Browns game. So, you know, I love the AFC North. To me, it's always kind of mirrored the NFC North. It's like blue-collar division, kind of rough-and-tumble, like, you know, just aggressive football. So that's, you know, the kind of football that I like to watch, but I definitely could see the AFC North once again, having three playoff teams, especially with this, this added week. I think there's going to be a lot of interdivision competition there. The AFC North kind of reminds me of what we talked about last week with the NFC West. Yep, for sure. Every team is going, every win in that division is going to mean so much more for playoff seating. Um, But again, you know, some teams just come out and surprise you. Um, like I think, you know, the personally, I'm not saying this because of you and Mark, but I think the Browns are actually the biggest competition this year in that division. Like I think they're poised to win that division. You look at kind of what they did at the end of their season last year and the momentum that they're going in with and some exactly what you said with their off season, like they added some really key pieces in free agency. They had a great draft. They drafted, um, one of my draft crushes and <laughs> them for their secondary kind of bolster that. So 
um, I think it's their division to lose, I guess is my prediction. And um, that game and snowy Lambeau on Christmas day, I'm just assuming it's going to snow. It has to, Um, we need a white Christmas. Yeah. It's going to be a really, really interesting matchup, especially towards the end of the season where these teams have really kind of like developed what they're doing. It's not, like you said, the opposite of the Steelers and the Bengals being early on where potentially they're still figuring things out. You know, it's the end of the season and these teams are going to be kind of fully formed in what they're, they're doing. Um, like similar to the Ravens. Like, I don't know. They were a playoff team. They won one playoff game last season, but um, I don't really know what they are um, at the moment. You know, Lamar's mobile and their run game's great, but do they have like a deep passing game? Um, and what is their, like, what is their defense going to look like? Um, they have a wonderful secondary, but um, just I feel like they really kind of lost it towards the end of the season, had a really, really up and down year. So um, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting end of the season. Both teams who can play in the cold, too. I know that we like to think about Lambeau as being a home field advantage, um, but especially with the Browns coming, you know, it's just as cold in Cleveland. So it's, it's going to be a very evenly matched game. Yeah, and you and I talked about this a little bit kind of in like a very early schedule preview, but the the Browns game kind of to me has all the feels that the Titans game had last season where, you know, you're thinking this is a team that's going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be contenders, and that's what the Titans were. It's going to be a measuring stick game for the Packers. Then we saw how the Packers performed against the Titans, and it wasn't necessarily that way. But, you know, I know I could talk about the Browns for the entirety of the episode, but before we shift out of the AFC North, I think the last thing I'm just really excited about, especially if it's a snowy game, is the idea of Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, A.J. Dillon, and Aaron Jones. Like, you you could literally have, like, 250 rushing yards between the two teams or more, yeah. 300 rushing yards. Like, that's – especially in the snow. That late December game with both those run, run games is going to be really, really interesting. I mean, I think the Browns at this point in – it's easy to say they have the best like one, two tandem running back at running back tandem in the league. I don't know if I can think of any team that has a better one. And I, yeah. and, I'm, and I still obviously am a Homer with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, but at least those two have kind of proved it. Yeah. And that was, I mean, I don't know if you watched any of the match with I Tom did. Brady and Aaron Rodgers, but that was something that when Baker Mayfield came on, Charles Barkley would, was actually asking him like, what are your thoughts now that there's, literal analysts who instead of the Browns being in the cellar you know they're like hey the Browns could be contenders like how does your perception change being a team that everybody has counted out for so long to being a team that people might actually be betting on to go to the Super Bowl so there's I mean and and the Browns aren't the only team like that on this schedule if we shift over to the AFC West we've got the Kansas City Chiefs who obviously have been to -to back-to-back Super Bowls looking to uh, make a third straight appearance and what do you think about that? I mean, last time these two teams played, Patrick Mahomes wasn't healthy. So Yeah, that was still a phenomenal game, and it was still a test for the Packers, which is interesting because it just shows how deep and how skilled the Chiefs roster is and how good of a coach Andy Reid is, that they could you know, still be contenders against an Aaron Rodgers-led Packers without Patrick Mahomes. Um, I mean, this is like the game in my mind, um, not even just as a Packers fan looking at the Packers schedule, but just as a fan of football, like this is the game. It's definitely the most potential Super Bowl matchup worthy game on the roster. Um, and it's going to be, I think, the biggest test for the Packers defense. This Chiefs team is fast. Um, 
they're aggressive, they're big, they're dominant, they're very, very confident in themselves. The Chiefs went out and said, okay, clearly our hole was offensive line. We're going to go fix that. And now they have what is looking like could be the best offensive line in the league. So for someone who, like Patrick Mahomes, who can create plays on his own without a good offensive line, to be given one um, just makes him even that more dangerous, just gives him so much more options and time. And that guy doesn't need more time to throw the ball. Like he is Superman um, in under two seconds. So it's it's going to be... God, it's going to be such good football. <laughs> I know. Like I'm, I'm going through the schedule and, you know, they only play five AFC teams and all five games are going to be really good football games. And, you know, we talked about how tough this AFC North division is, but it really feels like the chiefs game could kind of take the cake for all the reasons that you mentioned. I'm, I'm glad you pointed out the offensive line, because if you watched the super bowl, that was like the glaring thing that everybody kept pointing out. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes is one of the best right now that we're seeing potentially could be in the all-time greats conversation if he continues on this trajectory and he was running for his life and you know we talked about the Steelers and the Bengals and how they didn't do anything to help their young quarterback or I guess in the Bengals case their young quarterback and then you look at the moves that the Chiefs made and they didn't really lose any talent as far as from that Super Bowl roster but then they added like Kyle Long came out of retirement and I know he got hurt in training camp or in OTAs but you know, he came out of retirement to play, which is really fun to think about. They they really have made some really nice improvements to that line. And, yeah, I mean, I think that offense is one of the best tests for a Packers defense under Joe Barry to see kind of where he stacks up and what players he's planning on implementing, even though, you know, it's, it's week nine. So it, it'll be midway through the season. We're hoping to have a better sense of what Joe Barry is by then anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just going to be their biggest test yet. Um, between Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, um, Travis Etienne, et cetera, it's, it's, it's going to be kind of the weakest link. It's all, the defense is always a weakest link system, right? And, and the weakest link is going to show themselves. I think the one thing that the Chiefs, at least to me, kind of lack or their weakness if you will besides Tyron Matthew is their secondary and so you would hope that Matt LaFleur can kind of scheme up some things for the wide receivers and get Devontae Adams cooking against a secondary that doesn't have like really a true star at least at cornerback besides Matthew who's really just a safety so um, just a really fun game hopefully it'll be a high scoring game Packers love to drop 40 right (laughs) <laughs> we hope so. Um, but that, that kind of does it for the regular season. I know we talked about, you know, maybe some Super Bowl contenders, but in the preseason, the Packers do play all three AFC teams. I'm, I'm going to kind of throw the Texans out the window since we have no idea what's really going on with that franchise as a whole right now. But the Jets and the Bills are both really intriguing teams You know, so, I mean, before we kind of wrap this up, do you have any thoughts about either of them? I thought the Bills had the chance to go all the way last year, and we saw them get close and potentially could have gone all the way. So I think these are going to be really fun games, especially knowing the Packers will have Robert Sala in town and Mike LaFleur to get a preview of the Jets and maybe what they'll look like this season under a new head coach. Yeah, I think the Bills are pretty, like, easy to predict. I don't I mean, to be fair, I don't follow that division like that closely, um, but they pretty much retained everyone and you expect, you know, them to be contenders again in the AFC, just like they were last year. The Jets are the more exciting storyline, right? Because 
A, it's the Jets, and they cycle through coaches and coordinators like crazy. But um, I think Salah and Michael Floor tandem coming to New York is the best chance the Jets have had to be any kind of winning franchise in quite a long time. Um, and they, you know, acquired a new quarterback this season, um, got rid of Sam Darnold, in my opinion, fairly quickly, but we'll see what Zach Wilson's got. Um, and just that kind of idea of all of those guys who've known each other for so long, who go back to college and their early coaching careers kind of sharing in joint practices It's going to be fun. I know some players don't really love joint practices, and I totally get why, but um, I think Jets-Packers, from like the coaching tree perspective, um, is just a really fun storyline. Yeah, and I mean, I think even like... Like you said, the, the players probably won't love it, but seeing Matt, Mike, and Sala all in, the, in a practice field together, even though they're coaching different teams, that's going to be a really fun dynamic. And, you know, probably for Matt LaFleur, a glimpse at like, hey, this could have been my offensive coordinator, but then I couldn't steal him away from Kyle Shanahan. Um, I, and not that I, I love Nathaniel Hackett for who he is and what he brings to the offense, but yeah, I think there's going to be something really special about that. So yeah. I don't know. Do, I mean, do you have any predictions as far as like the AFC as a whole? Like, do you have like, is it too early to pick who you think will be the Super Bowl representative? Um, it is. I mean, it's July, right? We haven't even seen anybody in in preseason games. I think the one team that, you know, the Packers aren't going to play that I think are going to be contenders are the Chargers. Um, yeah, I'm actually really pumped to see the Chargers. Justin Herbert just had a phenomenal rookie season and by all accounts, you expect him to make a jump and then you get Brandon Staley in there and it's going to be really interesting to see what he can do as a head coach, especially after what he did for a Rams team and Rams defense. Um, You know, not always does it translate that a defensive coordinator is a good head coach, but I think in this case, it's, it's hard to imagine he, he won't be successful, especially with the pieces that he's getting. So, um, I think the Chargers, besides the teams that the Packers are playing, because they're playing probably the best in the AFC this season, besides the Bills, um, the Chargers are the ones I kind of have my eye on. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Chargers are going to be really fun. Probably the team that will contend the most with the Chiefs as far as the AFC West is concerned. Um, interested to see about Tua's second year. I love Brian Flores as a head coach, but I think that division right now is so stacked that it could be an uphill climb for them. Uh, the other two teams that really interest me right now are the Colts with Carson Wentz. Just really curious to see what that looks like because I thought that they, you know, on defense, they've kind of put all the pieces together. So if they can get any type of production out of Carson Wentz after Phillip Rivers has retired, they're a team that I'm intrigued by. And then how can you not be excited about the Titans? Like, I know yeah. that they, they were up and coming last season and they kind of faltered in the playoffs, but adding Julio Jones is just unfair and completely ridiculous and that offense kind of looks like it could be unstoppable yeah I mean Julio Jones and AJ Brown might be the largest wide receiver tandem like that's just some big body guys and obviously Julio Jones is not who he was a decade ago you know he's kind of on the wrong side of 30 but that guy can still absolutely burn you and it's just like a phenomenal acquisition by the Titans um kind of glad that we played them last year and not this year. <laughs> yeah yeah, that rotation uh, came at a really good time, but cool. This was fun. I'm, it just, you know, the closer we get to being in training camp, being in Green Bay, getting to preseason football games just has me really ready mm-hmm. for football season. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get to go to the Texans game. So even though we threw it out for this episode, we will get to see what the heck <laughs> is going on with that Texans team 
and they're up at Lambeau uh, August 15th. Yeah, we'll get to see some old Packers, Justin McCray, Christian Kirksey, plenty of plenty of guys to root Whoever for. Is under center for both teams. God, I don't. I don't know. We'll see. That's. <laughs> I think Aaron Rodgers said it. Yeah, we'll see. That's the cool these days. We'll see. All right. Well, Perry, if anybody wants to follow your work on social media, how can they do that? Um, you can just follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Please follow the podcast at PWSS Podcast on Twitter, packs what she said on Instagram and Twitch. And Maggie, take it away. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Uh, the podcast just hit 2,000 followers on Twitter, so keep following and following along with all of that. Uh, we'll have the live show next Tuesday, July 13th uh, at 6 p.m. Lambo time, so make sure that you pop in and join us for that. We'll be talking about whatever is currently going on, you know, in the Packers sphere, which probably isn't too much, but at that point we'll be two weeks away from training camp. So there'll be, I'm sure something to talk about, but thank you as always for listening to the show. Go Pack Go. And Jones 